Hello and welcome to the London Magazine's first ever podcast. I'm Emma and I'm here today with our two editors, Stephen O'Brien and Lucy Binnersley. And we're here to talk about the new issue coming out on the 1st of June, which has a beautiful black and white cover, a lovely photograph. So I'll hand over to Lucy and Stephen. Hello. Um, just like to say congratulations to, to Lucy for producing yet another stunning uh, edition of the magazine. Brilliant photograph on the front that looks a bit like me. It's definitely um, a, <laughs> it's definitely a throwback to some of our more vintage editions um, mm. back in the 70s and 80s when we used to have photographs on the front. It's yeah. quite a departure from our more recent ones. Yeah, we were saying earlier, weren't we, that we could actually put this one alongside some of those our, our archive examples. I think it's very similar. It's a great choice. I loved it. Uh, you're going to speak about the My London piece? Yes. So, in every issue, we feature a My London piece where we invite writers to, to reflect and reminisce on their times, either living or visiting London. And in this issue, we feature Peter Slater, who was a runner-up in our essay competition this year. And he's written a really interesting piece. It's a very mindful piece. Um, in, the, in the rush of London, Peter has really focused on certain places where you can go, um, just to take a breather from, from the hubbub of London. In London, it is the myriad small green spaces that perform the seemingly impossible and give the city an air of general cheer. Fly into Heathrow on a summer's day and hope that the pilot has to circle whilst waiting for a free runway. Look down, that flash of sharp light is a pond, that smudge of green, a grassy patch, the cloudy blur, thick bushes, and then they're gone, but the brief, small glimpses are enough to gladden one's heart. For anyone who's interested in mindfulness, um, meditation, it's, it's a really nice piece um, to read. I like the way he steps in and out of uh, kind of tropes. He talks about pretend to be an inebriate poet. I, I quite like that idea. Yeah. But it's very yeah. sensory, isn't it? And uh, that's the strength, you know, people's re- reminiscent or coalescing London in, in, in a few hundred words. Yes. And in London, I think there are these really special places. Even in, in the centre of London, you'll find yourself walking down an alleyway and suddenly you're in you know, a very quiet park that, yeah. that is hidden away. And I think yeah. that is, is the magic of London. Yeah. There, yeah. there are always these special places just waiting to yeah. be found. Yeah. I really like, in this issue, we've got, we've got two particularly good poems, although they're all good, but a wonderful one by Manisa Alvi. The mirror. Give her a mirror halfway across the road. She'll see life in it, slipping through her hands. A glittering star like an irregular heart, which sometimes beats too fast or beats too faintly. When her favourite birds fly close, she'll look at them without recognition, and terror-struck, she'll try to glimpse her face. The mirror will be speechless, silent forever. In two stanzas, she manages to conjure ideas of reflection and extend that metaphor, and I love that last couplet. And terror-struck, she'll try to glimpse her face. The mirror will be speechless, silent forever. Very good, almost Angela Carter-esque. Mm. Uh, and I was also going to comment on Maggie Butt's poem, Cycling the Appian Way. Our wheels bump and jar on the flat back stones, which once vibrated to the drubbing feet of legionnaires, leaving forum and family behind, marching south in the scent of pine and thyme, 
to unknown battles, glory and gore, past Seneca's marbled monument. How late it is to begin to live just when we must cease to live. Typically of Maggie Butt is quite a playful poem, but then again, it's full of kind of sensory imagery and uh, quite, quite kind of the ending of the poem, thin Roman bricks baked on a day like today by sweating slaves, burning limestone for cement and someone shattered apart by grief for that one irreplaceable soul who used to hold his head just so and say life is long enough. A beautiful, beautiful conjuration mm. of place and time. It's a really lovely rhythm mm. to mm. it as well. You can really lose yourself yeah. in that rhythm. Mm. What are your highlights for this? What else are your highlights? Then? Uh, I really enjoyed one of the reviews. We have a piece by a new writer for us. She's Emma Christian Miller. Mm -hmm. um, mm. And... She's written a great review on an exhibition. Um, Stephen Chambers, who's a member of the Royal Academy, he has an exhibition on at the moment in a gallery in Cambridge um, on the Court of Redonda. And Emma has really gotten into the, the history of this exhibition and the context of it. And there's a really great story behind it, which you can read more of in Emma's review. It's, yeah, a really great piece, and we're, we're really looking forward to having Emma mm. feature more as a reviewer. Mm. Um, so I would definitely recommend, yes, getting an issue to read, to read that review. Mm. And I, I am, you know, when, with the London magazine, as we always say, we, we like things about London, but also things from all over the world. And I think Ella Windsor's piece on Mexican treasure takes us away, it, it roots us in London, but then takes us away into the possibilities of Oaxaca. Ella Windsor, Mexican treasure. There he was, well positioned in the midst of Piccadilly, on a bed of crushed avocado infused with pomegranate. He might have been a decoration or a gilded crisp. But no, close up and confirmed by a girl with flowers in her hair, he was in fact a golden grasshopper served to be consumed. And I think this is what the London magazine should be. And I love that kind of idea that um, Ella here gives us history, textures of culture and something to say about the, the contemporary world as well. Definitely. I really feel in this issue, it's such a diverse, mm. diverse mm. range of content. We also have a piece by, by David Burke mm. on the famous Russian granny spy mm. Melita Norwood. Yeah. And it's, it's a really fun kind of John le Carre piece mm. Mm. Um, on you know, Russian spies and politics. Mm. Mm. Mrs. Norwood's kerfuffle. On 11th September 1999, Mrs. Norwood, an 87-year-old grandmother, woke up to find the world's press occupying her front garden. The game's up, she thought, as she made her way downstairs to put the kettle on and fry her customary bacon. That morning, the Times newspaper carried the banner headline, The Spy Who Came In From The Co-op. The longest-serving KGB agent in Britain had been exposed the notorious great-granny spy who had passed top-secret material on Britain's atomic bomb programme to the Soviet Union, prepared for her comeuppance. It's a yeah, really entertaining and quite relevant mm, piece. Mm, and then we also have the Emily Priest piece yes, yeah, um, yeah. about Japanese and, you know, the anime culture. Yeah. Yes, and so it really is. You can go all over the globe in this issue. Yeah, it's, yeah. Eclecticism and all ages as well. When you think, you know, we've got some august writers, 
We've got uh, stalwarts to the London magazine, like Jeffrey Myers, the wonderful essayist. And then we've got young writers like Emily. And so it's exactly what we want, this kind of collection of dazzling writing. Because I always think that the London magazine should be read from cover to cover on a train journey and yeah. amuse and delight you. Definitely. Mm. And I feel our front cover, this issue, definitely reflects that. We, we ran an Instagram competition where we invited people to send in possible covers. Um, so new young artists who, who are looking for a breakthrough into, you know, into having their art shown. We have a great piece by Matt McPake and it features a man, you know, waiting for the tube to come, yeah. reading, reading a paper. And it is really, you know, the London magazine, we kind of want to come, you know, on those journeys with you, be what, yeah. you know, you choose to yeah. pick yeah. up and read. What's your highlight, Stephen? Well, um, I, I would say a, a mix here. I, I, obviously, the Manisa Alvi. Um, I like the William Bedford short fiction, The Flying Lessons. And obviously I wouldn't have put things in if I didn't think they're all brilliant. But Ian Stone's The Commune of the City is good because it's thoughtful and it, it kind of plugs in almost like sympathetic to the My London piece. It talks about the kind of roots, you know, the kind of the, the textures of a city. So I like that very much. Could you sum up this issue of the magazine in three words? Reflection, season, city. Lovely. What about you, Lucy? I would say eclectic, uh, thoughtful, and... She's thinking now. Oh, I know, I'm on the spot. And enjoyable. Hooray! Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen and Lucy, for having a chat with us today. The next issue is out on June 1st. You can pre-order that on our website. It's thelondonmagazine.org. We also have lots of subscription offers. You can either subscribe in print, online, or you can get a universal subscription, which is both print and online. We also offer legacy issues. You can have two of our archive issues starting from just £2.50. So definitely head on to our website and get yourself a bargain. Feel free to send us some comments and suggestions to our email, which is info at thelondonmagazine.org. And we hope to see you next time. <laughs>